for the summer, I done took off long enough. Coming back to do my number, hit the bridge, pretty face, shitty attitude. The one that get the cake, 50 states, automatic motherfucker. I crossed over, big shots, my phone better. I wake up, they can fly shit, all leather. Phone never, nigga, you should know better. Go get her, Louis Strap, gold letters. We ain't clubbing with an ace, but I pull your card. Nigga, you ain't flipping nothing, you can do a fraud. Waving like the police down the boulevard. You be faking 24 7, Haitian still a job. Steven rolling while I'm revving up the rally. Got my name up in the city and I'm going back to Cali. I don't need nothing distracting me. I got so much to carry. Thank God that he let her have me. She seen your boy and she fell in love. Fell in love. You fell in love. I know you ain't wanna, but you fell in love. You fell in love. You fell in love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know the intro was short, but we gotta get right to this shit, man. This is King Known Uncensored. We got Generation Gap, the NBA edition. But however, first off, we gotta get to New Music Fridays. I know I'm late, but it, we got some music uh, over the week, over the weekend, right? We gonna hop right to that shit, and then we gonna get to. What's been kind of on my mind lately? So, Yo Gotti and CMG dropped a compilation project called Gangsta Art. Now, this has been highly anticipated because Yo Gotti seems to have arguably the best roster out right now of the best collection of talent and up-and-coming rappers and singers. So, we're going to go over this track list and I'm going to tell you what I think. It's 27 tracks, by the way. Insane. If you ask me. So, we start with Gangsta Art featuring 42 Doug, Black Youngster, ESTG, Layla Samia, and Mozzie. Um, I'm not gonna lie. It's kind of like mid to me. A midway to uh, start the album. I mean, the best moment of the track was when, you know, the phone call came in and 42 Doug started rapping and shit. That was probably the best part of the song. But other than that, I didn't see anything, like, special. Yo Gotti also appeared on the track as well, by the way. Steppers with Yo Gotti, Moneybag Yo, 42 Doug, Black Youngster, ESTG and Mozzie. Now, this is a banger. I like this record. It's it's one of the singles off the project. Paparazzi with Yo Gotti, ESTG, and Black Youngster. That was cool. It was okay. It was okay. Rocky Road with Moneybag Yo and Kodak Black. Decent song. As uh, Moneybag and Kodak go back and forth on the song. Jiko with Mozzie. I mean, it's a different look for the project. Me personally, I think that Mozzie is a great addition to CMG. 
but I'm not too fond of Mozzie as an artist. Like, I don't like none of his songs, really. I can't even name any of his songs. No disrespect. But G-Code, it's okay. That's all I'm going to say. It's okay. See what I'm saying by Moneybag Yo. This one of the best songs on the album. Man. See what I'm saying is like a summer banger to me. Definitely a hit record. Definitely one of the songs I like. First of January with Yo Gotti, ESTG, and Mozzie. Fire. Fire. I love First of January. I love the slick talk on the record. Paul by Yo Gotti and Lil Papa. Is it me? I might sound crazy by saying this, but Lil Papa kind of outshined Yo Gotti on this song. His verse on Paul was dope. Um, Pledge with just Lil Papa on it. That shit was cool. I'm not mad at it at all, even though it definitely sounds like all of the Morays, the Rod Waves, and all the and the, and the uh, uh, Mo Threes and shit. It seems like Lil Papa's modeling his style off of them. Hood Rich with Layla's. Layla Sam, Samia, I hope I'm saying that shit right. Probably butchering that lady's name. But, um, her and ESTG, crazy. Sounds like a uh, mid to late 2000s record. Definitely gives me Destiny's Child soldier vibes, and I don't know why. Uh, tomorrow, Black Glorilla, this shit was kind of whack to me. I'm not gonna lie. Like, they could have went with a better song for this project. I'm not going to lie. But they probably rushed that in there because they just signed her. So, I completely understand and probably might give this shit a pass. Bust Down featuring Yo Gotti and Big Boogie. I love this beat, bro. This beat was fire. I love the sample of, of, of that beat. Kiki with Big Boogie. Not going front. Like, this has hit potential. Strip club potential for sure. Okay with Black Boy JB and Lil Migo. This shit trash. Hella trash. Major Pain with 10% and Money Bag Yo. Dope. I fuck with Major Pain. Strong featuring uh, ESTG and Money Bag Yo. Mm, that shit is okay. Just okay. Brick or some featuring Tripstar and Yo Gotti. This is catchy. It's a very catchy record. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling that. Doghouse. Yo Gotti and 42 Doug and the boy Dame. Yo. This is definitely one of the uh, standout tracks of this project. Hell of a did his thing on this project. Hold Me Down featuring 42 Doug and Coy Ray. It's pretty average to me. I mean, 42 Doug and Corla Ray are average rappers. Well, Corla Ray, I think, is trash. But, you know, they're on the same level to me. As far as, like, music goes and shit. So, the song is okay. It's not bad. Top Dollar featuring Tripstar, Moneybag Yo, ESTG. This is one of my favorite songs on here. 
Energy killed this beat, by the way. But definitely probably my favorite song on this. Well, my, my second favorite, I'm going to say. Second favorite, my bad. Uh, Moral of the Story. Featuring Yo Gotti and ESTG. Another pretty good record. They start going on a run here. Um, Wait in Line featuring Yo Gotti and Black Youngster. This shit is cool. Really with Big 30 and Yo Gotti. Kind of average to me. Black Ball with Black Youngster and Lil Migo. I like the slick talk on this record. I like the shit talking on this record. Big Dad featuring Big Boogie. It's probably the weakest song on here. I don't think this shit should have made the cut, especially for this record to have 27 tracks. Soon by 42 Doug featuring Arabian. This shit is okay. Just okay. Big League featuring Lil Papa and Mozzie. Mm. Man, I love this song. Yeah, it's just, it was Yo Gotti. Yeah, Big League is fire. I think, yeah, this shit got Yo Gotti, ESTG, and uh, Mozzie on this record, too. Yeah. Big League is my favorite song on here. Hands down. Moneybag, Yo, Bodies. I love Big League, man. That's my favorite. But, um, all in all, this was a disappointment to me. I, I don't know. I expected better production and better songs. I, I truly believe if they would have cut this in half, I think this would have been a way better project if it had 13, 14, maybe even as many as 18 songs. If they just cut it to 18, this could have been a lot better. Because when you have like one of the hottest rosters in all the music, you kind of expect uh, something great when you have all of these great minds linking together to do music. So I was kind of like disappointed. All in all, this project isn't bad, though. It still has a few bangers that you can play in your whip. Definitely some party, radio-friendly records. But that last song was crazy, though. Big lead. That's the one that sticks out to me. That's the... Uh, standout record of that album to me. Alright, let's move on, y'all. Um, Tanache put together a, a four-track EP called Nashe, and it was produced by Hitmaker. So you get four Tanache and Hitmaker records. And I'm a, I'm a Tanache fan. I like her music. Her projects are dope. 
so I knew she was gonna kinda like come a little bit harder on this record. And I wasn't necessarily like disappointed in this. But let's start off with Grip. Grip is a banger. I'm not gonna lie, Grip is hard because she's doing a lot of shit talking on this record, man. And I was impressed. Destiny's Child sample. Let me double check that. Yeah, sample jumping. Definitely a catchy record. Um, Fashion Nova. Um, I like this record. It was cool. What's your name? Another banger. Like, I like this. I think they should, I think them two should uh, link up and do an album. I like this little four pack that Tinashe put out. Obviously the production is crazy because Hitmaker been, been killing it for quite a while now. So I definitely suggest this one for show. Let's get to my, to my man's Lloyd Banks, The Course of the Inevitable 2. Now The Course of the Inevitable, I view that as a classic. I ain't gonna lie. Because Lloyd Banks just showed his great lyrical versatility on those records, on that album. And this project was no different on the course of the inevitable too. And this was definitely the project of the day. Definitely the project of the day. Now we start with Impact. Impact, Lloyd Banks just came in and just started serving. No reward. Same story, different subject. No reward is crazy, bro. Like, Impact and no reward, Lloyd Banks just started off just going crazy on both songs. And he gives you why people are such Lloyd Banks fans. And I like the fact that New York, uh, uh, Lloyd Banks is keeping this project hella New York. You know, a lot of New York artists are swinging Southpaw. You know, and... I don't necessarily agree with that. I mean, a lot of people should just stick to their their sound that, that's been working. It's why New York is fucked up now. Um, Menace featuring Conway the Machine. This was pretty good, man. Lloyd Banks and Conway the Machine killed that. Living Proof with, with Benny the Butcher. I like I kind of like that one as well. Value of a check. Definitely got that 2000s New York sound. Power steering with Jadakiss. I was kind of disappointed in this one. 
I don't know what it was. I think I expected a little bit more out of Lloyd Banks and, and, and Jadakiss. You know, when it comes down to the bars and shit. I guess the bars just didn't meet my expectations. Because when you see Lloyd Banks and Jadakiss on paper, I expect a fucking slaughter. I expect a knife fight. You know what I'm saying? You expect a knife fight. But those two kind of coasted through this record. Fell in love. Um, actually, you know what's funny? I played Fell in Love at the beginning of the show. Yeah, it's definitely probably the standout song on the album. It's definitely single ready. Socialize. Man. Lloyd Banks is a lyrical problem, man. He is a problem. Murder One. Nothing different. That's another song right there where Lloyd Banks is just going off. And then Lloyd Banks and Tony Ayo reunite on Don't Switch. Meanwhile, Lloyd Banks may not be in the best situation with 50, but Tony Ayo isn't afraid to flaunt his relationship with his two former uh, group members. And I like that about Don't Switch. It's about the loyalty. Dead Roses, definitely the lyrical standout of the album for sure. Dead, Dead Roses reminds me of uh, his record called Crown. That is the crown of this project. Trapped, that was also pretty good, man. Lloyd Banks went crazy on Trapped. Traffic with Vado and Dave East. This is another pretty good record by Banks. Like, all of the... Uh, guest features that he chose definitely fit Lloyd Banks well on my way definitely a dope ass closer now I don't view Course of the Inevitable 2 as a classic but I think this is just a very good project that's in the pit with other very good projects and this definitely adds to Lloyd Banks growing catalog now last but totally not least DJ Premier put out a five track EP called Hip Hop 50 Volume 1 let me tell you something man it ain't nothing but bars in here Primo it's just something about Primo production I mean I have Primo in my top five producers DJ Premier is definitely in my top five producers no doubt. You know what I'm saying? Letting off steam featuring Joey Badass. Oh, man. Joey Badass and Primo, they never miss. So I, I didn't uh, expect nothing less, but I wasn't disappointed in this song at all. Remy Rap featuring Rhapsody and Remy Ma. When Remy Ma said it's only five bitches out that can rap, I felt that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, the times right now, you know, it's all about strip club music with females. And it seems like people forgot about the rapping aspect and the skill of rapping when it comes to female rap. Now, there are plenty of females in this era that can rap, but I don't think that most of them get the attention they deserve. Now, Rhapsody is one of them. 
Rhapsody and Remy Ma just body this shit. Like, I mean, these two, talent-wise, are among the best female MCs. Beat Breaks featuring Nas. Nas killed this shit, man. And Nas and Premier don't miss. I don't think they've ever missed either. Terrible twos featuring Run the Jewels. I ain't gonna lie. LP kind of watched Killer Mike on this song. I ain't gonna lie to y'all. LP might have had one of the 10 best verses of the year on this song. Not gonna lie. It may not make the top six verses of the year, but goddamn it. This shit here. His verse was crazy, bro. Now the last track with Lil Wayne and Slick Rick, the root of all. Lil Wayne definitely got two top ten verses of 2022. His verse on Chris Brown album and this verse right here. I ain't gonna lie, Lil Wayne got got buck on this bitch. That nigga snapped off on the root of all. I'm not gonna lie. That's probably a that could be a top five verse. I ain't gonna hold you. And I'm one of Lil Wayne's biggest critics. I'm a fan of his. That's what killed me. Like, people think that it's wrong to just criticize their favorite artist. And I don't understand why. I can say one of my favorite artists is overrated. And take that. But the root of all, Lil Wayne went the fuck, went ham on here. But those are my albums for New Music Fridays. I got a question for y'all. What makes this era of basketball so great to y'all? Because it was kind of different in the era of basketball with me growing up in the 90s. In the 90s, you know, it was the end of the Bad Boys era, the end of Magic and Bird era, going into the MJ era where MJ dominated competition. You know, and I'm sick of people saying that Michael Jordan's competition is weak. Michael Jordan's competition was not weak at all. I feel like every era got competition in some form or fashion. And every era has their great players. It's always competition getting to the top. Always. But some competition is weaker than others, especially if you take all the talent and put them on your motherfucking team. What makes this era of basketball so great, y'all? Because when I was coming up, right, the injury-prone niggas didn't necessarily come into the game into the 2000s. Like in the 90s, niggas used to play well, the 90s and the eras before the 90s. Cats used to play 82 games. They used to play 82 games, the whole playoffs, 
do the Olympics and then come back and play another 82 games and go deep into the uh, NBA playoffs. What makes this era of basketball so great? A lot of these dudes in this era can't stay healthy. We can look at what I view are the top players right now, and we could go down a laundry list of injuries that they had. Look at Giannis. I mean, Giannis ain't really had no injuries. Look at Joel Embiid, the injury history that he's had. Look at Kevin Durant, his last three seasons. He hadn't played 82 games in a long-ass time. Look at John Morant. This dude can barely get through the playoffs. Look at Kawhi Leonard. That dude sat out the whole entire season. Trey Young got injured. LeBron James got injured. Paul George didn't play the whole season. Dame Lillard didn't play the whole season. What makes this era of basketball so great? Because niggas is put because 60s and 70s and 80s and 90s basketball players wasn't doing and one dribbling? And then we watch James Harden, who ate his way out of a city. I've never seen an NBA player quit on a team like that. Everybody say Vince Carter quit on the Raptors. That's not true. He just demanded a trade. And Toronto made him public enemy number one. Yeah, man. What makes this era of basketball so great? Because everybody shoots threes? I'm trying to get the root to the root of this shit, man. Because everybody idolizes this era and tries to make this era better than every other era. Like the 60s era was the beginning of the game. What's crazy to me like they try to make this era seem so much better because everyone's bigger stronger and faster right but my question to y'all is why they always getting hurt then you know we had injury prone players in the 90s and 2000s I'm not gonna act like that that didn't exist but all other people I just named were all getting hurt if they're so bigger and stronger and faster and more skilled, how come they can't stay on the court? Shit, I never heard Michael Jordan only missed one whole season his whole career, bro. Meanwhile, one of those seasons, Michael Jordan actually played 82 games when he was, what, 40? And was getting his knees drained every game. Even when he was old as fuck and brittle and injury prone and shit, he still tried to play. It's these dudes that's missing games for nothing. Look at a nigga like Kyrie Irving. 
You think any of them niggas from the 90s and 2000s would have put up with that kind of behavior? And I love Kyrie, but I got to keep it a buck. There wasn't nobody but maybe J.R. Ryder that would show up at halftime. But J.R. Ryder wasn't Kyrie. What makes this era of basketball so much better? Because big men are pulling 25-foot jumpers? Like in the old days, big men wasn't allowed to shoot threes until Dirk Nowitzki came into the game. I mean, Larry Bird was technically 6'10", the height of a power forward. Y'all got to think about this shit. What makes this era better than any other era? You could say, okay, the 60s era was the pioneer days. But I don't like when people era shame. I respect every era and every great from every era. That's the problem that I run into a lot is people era shaming. I don't necessarily like that shit, man. You know, they'll say ignorant shit like Dion Waiters is better than Bob Cousy. Or they'll say some shit like, oh, man, uh, 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 let me bring a role player in this era. They will say J.R. Smith would bust John Havlicek ass. They'll say some stupid shit like that without context. Because um, John Havlicek was a very good basketball player. And I think he could have ate in this era because there was no hand checking. It's not physical. A lot of these old heads would get off in this era. Like Jerry West. Shit, Jerry was averaging 29 with the hand checking. That nigga would probably average 38, 39 points in this era. Easy. Like people need to stop era shaming. And especially the Wilt Chamberlain disrespect, man. I don't like that shit at all because they'll say some shit like Wilt played against 6'4 guys. Wilt played in the era of plumbers and shit. Well, yes, they were plumbers because the NBA wasn't paying them like they were now. You think that if Wilt Chamberlain was getting paid $100 million that he wouldn't ball the fuck out? Come on, y'all. Like, y'all gotta stop air shaming, man. I don't like that shit, man. Give everybody their credit. And then y'all disrespect them just to put the other guys over them to make them forget that the history to make them forget the history that them niggas made in order for a LeBron James a Kobe Bryant or Michael Jordan to have success in their respective eras what makes this era of basketball so much better everybody says that motherfucking 
everybody says that this era is bigger and stronger and faster. There were big, strong, and fast guys in every era. Y'all forget that Bill Russell and Wilt Chamberlain were world-class athletes that ran track and did high jumps. Shit, even Bill Russell had to tweet at Perk for talking shit and downing the old school niggas. Even Bob Cousy had to get at J.J. Reddick for disrespecting his era. My thing is, I feel like you should respect every era and every pioneer. That's how I feel. I do respect the legends and shit, current and past. But stop acting like the older players wouldn't survive in this era when they clearly probably can. Which begs the question again, what makes this era so great that it will outshine the 70s era of the ABA and the NBA leading up to the merger in the 80s of Bird and Magic? Bird and Magic era looked fun to watch back then, even though I didn't necessarily grow up in that time. You know, the Pistons interrupting the Burton Magic era to hold off Jordan's era for a year. What makes this era so much better than theirs? When Burton Magic era paid the way for this era to shine and to make millions and gajillions of dollars. Then you had the 90s where it was the Mike era. The 2000s where it was AI, T-Mac. Kobe, Vince, along with the best power forward era in history, when it when it was Duncan, when it was Seaway, when it was Rashid, and all them niggas was in one conference though. That was the killer about it, about the two uh, thousands. when the three-point shot became uh, vital to the era. I don't think that what Steph Curry did in this era killed basketball. I feel like when the big men started attempting five threes a game, that's when shit started looking crazy to me. I think that would be more of an answer right there. I'm not saying that they shouldn't attempt threes. I'm saying five. Come on, dog. But I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to get the fuck up out of here. This is King Known Uncensored. New Music Fridays. Generation Gap, the NBA edition. And I'm going...